Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast. Hopefully it hasn't been too long. This is the second half of our double feature uh, programmed by my friend Sam Price. This is the point of the show. This is where we take movies, break them apart, find out what makes them magic. Nothing more magic than the realm of fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) So me and Sam are here. The second part of our high fantasy double feature. I hope you guys listened to and enjoyed Crawl with us. Now we're on to Lady Hawk. This is a little more um, mellow, grounded version of fantasy. Sam, My- when did you find Lady Hawk? What did you love about it? Why did you select it for tonight? <laughs> uh, well, Lady Hawk was one of those movies I watched when I was a kid, um, and I based numerous D and D characters off of Navar, the main. Well, I don't even know if he would be considered the main character, but. In my mind, he was the main character. Rucker Howard's character? Rucker Howard, yeah. And he is, I don't know. You're much more of a the mouse to me. No. I could never fit through that hole. But uh, <laughs> but no, Rucker Howard was just like... When I was a kid, I thought this guy was amazing. Um, He's like a knight. Yeah, he's kind of... His character is essentially fantasy porn. Yeah, he's, he's got like, the huge black horse, Goliath. He's kind of the dude, black cloaked. The Clydesdale. Awesome crossbow. Uh, has a short sword, a huge fucking jewel bedazzled sword. You know what that sword's called? His own stone. You know what that sword's called though? No, a bastard sword. <laughs> a bastard. Sword. It's for real called a bastard sword. Why? Uh, I'm not sure. Actually, I should probably look that up. The sword, the sword, the sword's uh, material and the blacksmith didn't get properly no, hitched. It, it's like a, it's like a mix between a two-handed great sword and a long sword. So you could use it one-handed or with one hand and then a hand on the hilt. And it's called a bastard sword. And what's fucked up is I feel like he is a bastard, right, in that movie? Uh, I don't know if we ever know that. He was oh, no. the captain of the guard. He's kind of uh, sent out and betrayed by the church. And actually, he, never mind. He talks about his father being in the Crusades. So, actually, never mind. But his yeah, father... it, every one of his like forefathers, right? Like five yeah. generations. And this blade has never known defeat. No, and not until <laughs> now, Mouse. Not until now. Oh, yeah. Because Mouse was using it to chop sticks. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, not until now. <laughs> yeah, so this movie's very... I can see why you like it. Like, having known you, and you were a, a Renaissance sword-fighting reenactor, you did D&D, so you were, like, really into fantasy culture. Yeah. It makes sense why you like this movie. The thing I can't understand about this movie is why Richard Donner chose to direct this movie. The cast, dude. I, I mean, I can't even understand why the cast is in there. Because this know. is essentially... Matthew Broderick's just doing, like, a Ferris Bueller talks to God routine. I loved it, yeah. Like, Rutger Hauer makes sense for this kind of movie to me. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's still pretty young, so I was like, all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, the thing I like about this movie is that it starts on what is essentially a painting from the side of a windowless van. <laughs> the what? So it starts off with, like synth fantasy metal which is really weird music this whole movie has very strange like synthesizer music it it starts off with just a screaming eagle mist and then cutaways to the sun yeah i was like this is on some guy's like windowless (laughs) van this is a a van painting to start for sure dude this movie was the 80s basically yeah Yeah, i was like i like this movie i would hang out with that guy i still hope to have a windowless van with a painting on it someday Yeah. So you're already starting strong. You uh, can you get have a that. jailbreak, right? <laughs> What's that? So there's a prisoner. He needs a prisoner, the oh, mouse, yeah. right? So we're in this kind of big city. We see there's some church rule, uh, some hardcore prisoner conditions, and the mouse has escaped. And we're introduced to Matthew Broderick, who plays a very kind of funny, comical thief throughout the movie. Uh, really good performance, yeah. 
Philippe Gaston. Yeah, and because he's so little, they call him the mouse. Because mm-hmm. he escapes out of like but a little shit he's hole not in that, the cell. He's that, not that little though, like really. In real life, he's not. Well, in the movie, he's not. Like the hole that he fits. He's through, an actor. All actors are tiny. <laughs> he's like him and Tom Cruise are pretend- five one. There's no way he could have fit. Like he basically fits through a shower drain. Yeah, no, that's why they cast him in Godzilla, so he looks so small. <laughs> so Godzilla's not that big, actually. No, Godzilla's like 22 feet tall. <laughs> wow. No, uh, Out of all of his movies, say, you pick a, Godzilla, he's too. He's a slippery thief, right? A slippery thief, right? Yeah. He course. breaks out. He's a pickpocket. And this is a really funny scene, which is uh, he's at a bar. He escapes, so we see him steal clothes. And he, the whole time, he's bartering with God. God, if you let me out of this, I don't know how I'm going to get out. I swear I'll I never steal again, it. yeah. I'll and never then he steals steal the guy's coins, right, when he's in the river. And he's like, God, you know. You know I'm a man of weak will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was it's like, great. that's a great yeah. moment. I do love so his one-liners. Escapes, yeah, he steals clothes, and then he gets to a bar, and he's like, who wants to hear about the most daring escape ever? <laughs> and who does he tell it to but the men who were sent to capture him? <laughs> By the way, the bar looks like a logging camp, so just so you know. Yeah, it's just like someone's house and all these strangers show up like, hey, can you give us rum? They're like, God damn it, go home. Yeah. It seems horrible back then that people could just like meander through your area. Like your house would just be they like. They did, yeah. There's they did. a time when they go into the woods and there's just kind of this like freakish wood couple that are very dirty and grotesque looking. Are just like, hey, we're going to sleep in your barn. It's like, you can't, that guy's got a giant sword. Dude, that was the like realist. A hawk. You yeah, can't that, tell him no. That was how people did ship. This was the 1400s and uh, I believe. I believe the movie takes place in Italy, but it's all white people with uh, with American accents, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's supposed yeah, to take place in that, Italy. Well, they mentioned the plague at one point, that there are, yeah. less, there are more wolves than men because the plague has ravaged everything. But what's funny is... Did they is, have the plague in Italy? Well, they didn't... I don't think they had the plague in the 1400s, so they, they're probably talking about in the past. Right. Because this was after right. the... One of the I don't know, man. I was trying to figure out where this movie takes place, and it doesn't make. There was no like iconography on any of the. It takes place in your heart, as yeah. all good movies. But no, so this is a funny one where he's trying to escape. He's running away, and then all of a sudden, crossbow murder. Pachah, pachah. Yeah, and this and is where Navarre. we're introduced to Navarre, right? He was the former captain. Yep. Um, and the men, some one of the men knows him, and it almost seems like he wants to hug him. And then the new captain throws him on Navir's sword in a real act of betrayal. Marquette. And then Navir just proceed to, proceeds to beat the ass off of everyone with no sword and no crossbow. He At one point, it. he just picks up a stick and just starts whooping ass with a stick. <laughs> yeah, I love his one-liner, too. He's like, I was the captain of the guard, and I will be again. Or something yeah. like that. And they're like, oh, it's shit. It's a strong power move, and you're... It's yeah. it's classic. Why why is he helping this little little fucker? Right? I still don't know why. I still don't know why he's helping him. Really, honestly, because it's a sign from God. Because he heard him talk about the escape, and he needs to get into Aguilar. Yeah, but he can never fit through that hole. So I don't. Know. Well, whatever. Anyways, continue. <laughs> well, he doesn't know it's a hole. A tiny <laughs> okay, well, hole yet. Okay, whatever. <laughs> what if he's like Shawshanking? He has like a little spoon and a poster, and he's just slowly <laughs> whittling through the floor of the basement. <laughs> Through the sewer lines. Uh, yeah, so then we cut to the woods, right? And now they're going to travel together. He's like, I need your help. He has a hawk. Like, any time a guy has a hawk says you're going to travel with him, I don't you think to. you should. Well, I, you mean, would. You, I think you have to because this is this is the 1400s, dude. What is Mouse going to do for work other than steal shit? He sees this big white dude. He's he like, doesn't need to work. He's like, I'm just going to tag along with this guy. Hopefully, uh, 
you know, he'll protect me, is what I thought. <laughs> See, I think Falconeers back then were the equivalent of, like, college guy who has a snake in his room nowadays. No, dude, back then, Falconeers... I mentioned that in the last pod, too. I really have an axe to grind with snakes as pets. I despise that. <laughs> Why do you... Yeah, they are so Such a terrible life track. Because it only exists to, like, hey, do you want to watch this thing murder someone else? Well, or sna- do you want me to put it on you and you're repulsed by it? It's disgusting. Yeah, and they're not very friendly. They're basically... In every story, they're Satan... No, snake owners probably just lay in their little tiny fucking empty twin beds just that smell like B.O. and just stare at that reptile. And they're like, that's me, man. I'm an isolated guy living in a cage. No one gets me. I just want to eat. I want to be free. Don't trust that guy. Don't trust a falconeer. That's my point. Well, falcons are cool, dude. And it's not a falcon. It's a hawk. dude. But if you have a trained hawk, are you still a falconeer? No, falconeers train hawks. Hawkineers. What are, you're a hawk, hawkineer? Hawk. I've never heard of a fucking hawkineer. <laughs> I don't think people I, train hawks. That's the thing. I don't know. I think you're a trickster. That's what you are. You're no, you're down good, no good trickster. Yeah. Uh, there's a great moment here, right? So they they meet the disgusting mud people, and they're like, "We're gonna stay in your thing, uh, stay in your little hut, right?" Yeah. And there's a moment where Rutger Hauer's like, "Don't disturb me. Never come in this room." No. And as he does, he's kind of setting up his altar, right? With his sword and this and that. Because it's his alone still, time. I've never seen this. I never looked up a trailer. I didn't read a description, right? I just started watching it. Oh. And I knew it was called Lady Hawk, but I had no idea why. All of a sudden, Rutger Hauer pulls a little blue dress out of his satchel <laughs> and starts rubbing it on his face. Oh. <laughs> like, so adorable. And I was like, oh, my God. Is this like Rutger Hauer's going to put on that dress and start whooping ass? <laughs> That's the movie I wanted. I wanted Rutger Hauer to actually be like, I'm just a super badass like Black Knight, but this is me. This is the true me. This is how you get this movie remade in Hollywood. He's lady hockey. Exactly. I wanted him to be lady hockey. I actually thought for a second he was going to be lady hockey. But then you find <laughs> out the movie sure. should have been called Man Wolf. But. Like what? No, but what if when that guy comes out with the axe to murder Mouse, Rutger Hauer just kicks the fucking door down in that little blue dress <laughs> <laughs> and is just fighting but doesn't want to get it muddy? That would be so fucking – that would be the best scene this movie has. I think that is actually the German version. <laughs> you know? No, that movie could get remade today. I think it could get that remade could. today for sure. Yeah. By, man, by day a man, by night a woman. Uh-huh. Both kick ass, and he has to decide which he wants to be by the end. That's how you sell in today's market. But he's got to have wings and a dress, so he's a lady hockey. <laughs> a lady hockey. <laughs> Maybe he has a dress made out of feathers, or is that too weird and cannibalistic? No, it's a dress know. made out of dead hawks. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> That's dark. That's France, Fashion. Dude. Fashion. That's France. That's if you cast Lady Gaga. Yes! Wait a sec. We're on to something. You cast Lady Gaga to be both. She's both. She's Rucker Hauer yeah. and Michelle Pfeiffer in one. Wow. Yeah, that would be dope. I'd watch that movie for sure. And she can also be Matthew Broderick. Let's talk about that movie. Because she's only five foot two, if you'll remember her documentary. <laughs> oh, I don't remember it, but. She's four inches taller than Matthew Broderick, but we'll make it work. It still works. Dude, you know what I was singing this whole time is Matthew Broderick's cool, but I was looking up the time frame of this. They could have had an 11-year-old Christian Bale be the mouse, and he could have fit through that hole. You know, Why is an 11-year-old in prison? Dude, it's the 1400s, man. 11-year-olds get hunged. <laughs> Maybe they caught him in a dress and that shit's still frowned upon. That's why he's a sympathetic It could be the exact same squire. reason. He stole something and they're like, we're going to kill this little orphan. But it's Christian Bale and he starts like singing. And he dances and jumps out of the hole. I don't know. What 
Christian Bale at that point was probably five inches taller than Matthew Broderick. He was too too big and too wide. Too big. He <laughs> was already on his way to a he's newsies. He's a thick bod. young man. Yeah. yeah. You can't have newsies bod. Then he looks too tough. It's not believable that Christian That's Bale true. would be pushed around. He'd take over the yeah. He'd be like, She's mine now. <laughs> She's <laughs> Yeah. Uh this is another good one. They have the uh the scene where we unveil there's a wolf, right? Yeah. So Again, Matthew Broderick essentially in this movie is just doing Ferris Bueller, but instead of breaking the fourth wall and talking to the audience, is talking to God, right? Yeah. So it's just him kind of comedically monologuing to God. God, if you don't stop and smell the roses, you're going to miss him, man. you got to slow down. <laughs> Sausage <laughs> King of Chicago. God. Uh, and then a wolf attacks, he thinks, right? Mm-hmm. A big wolf, the biggest wolf you've ever seen. And then a lady comes out of Rutger Hauer's room. Not the way I would have done it. With alabaster right? skin. Had, yeah. So she comes out, and he's very confused, but just kind of carries about his business, right? Still carries on. So now we're a scene or two down the road, and Mouse tries to escape. He's like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. He runs into more of the guards. He's the worst thief uh, slash, I mean, what would this be in D&D? He's not just, is that, would this be a rogue? Is he a rogue? He's like a shitty Aladdin, basically. I thought that when he was jumping around. Yeah, the, I was like, like this uh, is the shittiest the Aladdin. Vineyard. I was like, this is just Aladdin. <laughs> yeah. But he's so slow. He's like, I'm going to go under your legs. I'm going to go behind you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, very weird, like, parkour moments. <laughs> yeah. But it's Matthew Broderick, so he's not that athletic. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny? You said Aladdin. I actually thought that same thing. Yeah. But again, so as the worst rogue, he gets caught by more guards. Navir shows up and starts fucking these dudes up again, right? As he does. Now he's killing everyone. He has a great scene, too. And this is earlier in the film, right? He, I can't remember when it was, but when Rucker Howard is escaping, they jump over a fence with the horse, and he does a drive-by knuckle sandwich to one of the guards. And I was like, that's so <laughs> awesome. He has a sword, but he's going to risk shattering his hand Dude, on his, that dude's helmet. His horse was <laughs> His whole like outfit and horse was amazing. I know. Oh, that's what I mean. He's yeah. right out of like fantasy porn. Every guy playing D&D imagines their character like that. I can yeah. see why you did that. Um, but yeah, so the hawk gets hit. Like he, Him and the hawk get hit simultaneously. And as he saved the day, he shows no concern for himself. He's like, you got to take this hawk to this old dude up on this hill. Which is weird. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah, take my horse. And you're like, what the fuck is with him and this hawk? There's another moment in the movie when I was like, is he banging this hawk? <laughs> Is he in love with Impossible. this hawk? Well, it's like, the, not even that. See, you're thinking about it like old uh, pole hole sex. I'm talking about, there's all kinds of sex, my friend, even back then. But what if he just like is falconeering in the hills and he just stands there and makes the hawk like land on his erection? Maybe that's all it <laughs> takes for him. <laughs> that's just I was like, maybe this why This is his lady hawk. He's in love with this fucking hawk. I still have not. I, don't I know, think man. I figured it out, but I wasn't 100% sure, right? Hawks do but, have talents, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, but they don't have to dig in. A cock is only so thick they could reach around. <laughs> well, I know that the people that wear the the falcons on their hands wear gloves, so th- probably for a reason, right? Hey, you man, have they wear- have gloves for every body part. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just less that's fabric. True. That's perfect. All right, yeah. I now, it. that's another scene I wanted. See, this is the thing. Richard Donner gives me all these tantalizing, like, alternate routes. This, this is like a choose-your-own-adventure where they never choose the route I want. No. I want Rutger Hauer in the dress and catching hawks on his boner. That's the movie I was <laughs> expecting to see. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this is when he meets the old priest. Yeah. And the old priest. Imperious. This is when we find he's out. Weird. Oh, he's so fucking good in this movie, too, by the way. 
what a great actor this guy was in this movie. I loved it. His nose is on a whole nother level, though. Yeah, he looks... This is like the classic old acting where they actually had guys that looked like they had just led a horrible life. It looked like, like a guy. that guy had lived yeah. up on that hill. <laughs> dude, when he, like, hugs the mouse at the end and kisses his cheek, I was like, ugh. Gross, yeah. dude. Yeah, he, disgusting. <laughs> he looks gross. But I feel bad for the guy. He's dead now, but... <laughs> you know? No, yeah. Nowadays, you would get, uh, what's his name, like, Brennan Gleason to do that. Yeah. You're like, yeah, he has red hair, but he's still like a pretty good looking guy. Compared he's a to the strapping rest of old dude, yeah. Yeah, this guy, this kind of guy is so rarely seen in movies. Anymore. He looked like that French guy. I forget his name. The French, the only famous Gerard French. Gerard Depardieu. Yeah, that guy. The airplane peer. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like that guy, but better. Or he worse can than. also be in our remake. We've already got a dream cast. I don't know why he wasn't in this movie. I thought it was him at first, actually. <laughs> he probably was not. He's probably what is like. Maybe late 20s at that age? Maybe 30s? Jeopardy? Anywho. I don't know, yeah. So yeah, so this is where we discover that the myth of what's happening, right? So the hawk is Michelle Pfeiffer by night, or by day. By day. And then at night, she turns in uh, to Michelle Pfeiffer, and Rutger turns into the wolf. And we find out that there's this weird love triangle. So earlier in the movie, we met the bad guy, who's the bishop, who does the uh, really in love with the kiss the ring shit. Yeah. That's how you already know he's a bad guy. Never kiss a man's ring. Well, that was the time Ever. period, too, you know. What a fucking... God, could you imagine living in a world where, like, routinely you just had to... I mean, we have the joke that, like, you're kissing someone's ass, right? Your boss or whatever. But you don't yeah. actually kiss the ass. No. But kissing the ring is such a demeaning little fuck you. Like, everyone in this movie, just kiss the ring. Kiss the ring, bitch. Except oh. for Navarre. He didn't kiss shit. Yeah, except for Navarre. I don't like... Oh, man, I don't like that. So immediately I'm already like, this guy's a horrendous villain. Yeah. He's a ring kisser, and I don't like him. <laughs> he's also disgusting. He, he's an old dude that's... See, I thought he was very, very good looking. You thought so? I don't know. Oh, I, yes. I don't think anyone in those Pope outfits looks good, but... That's no, see, he looked very clean. He's kind of dainty. He has a nice haircut. He's got good chin and jaw. He's very tall and skinny, but he had, like, a super long face. Apparently, so. I had a lot of, like, sexual underthoughts about this movie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so this is where we unveil, right? So that bishop was in love with Lady Hockey. Yep. But he knew Rutger Hauer was. So the old priest who's now saving them, he was the one who heard in confession that Rutger Hauer and Michelle Pfeiffer were in love, and he fucking betrays them. And this is kind of a cool part that gets brushed under. He was jealous. So Yeah, and he calls upon the dark arts and essentially makes a pact with the devil to give them this curse. Mm-hmm. I think the line I wrote it down, right? Uh... Let's see, what is it? Always together, always apart, as long as there is night and day. And you're like, God damn, that's fucking really powerful. And it's it's a very terrible curse to inflict on these two lovers. Um, but yeah, we just kind of gloss over the fact the whole movie, uh, Matt, Ferris Bueller's been making deals with God, essentially. Yeah. And right here, we're like, oh, there is a God. Right? The devil has made this curse, presumably. Mm-hmm. And at the end, we learn that... So Mouse gets out, right as Rutger Hauer needs to find him, right as the other priest has had the vision of uh, there will be no day or night soon, how to break the curse. Well, and it's an eclipse. But that's what I mean, right? The vision is an eclipse, and he says it. This feels like the moment where the movie's like, oh, yeah, God is real, and he is in charge. God is the game master, the dungeon master of this whole fucking movie. As he is, yeah. Do you think God is the one who answered the bishop prayers and cursed these two lovers? No, I don't think the God would. I don't think 
my God, at least, or, you know, the Christian God would. We don't want to know what Crom would do. We want to know what the Christian <laughs> God would do. <laughs> the, the Christian God, I don't think, would help this guy because even though the he's. The Christian God's like, you know what? I'm pretty sick of you up on that hill with birds landing on your dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. In the alternate version of the movie, God would probably help him. But in this version, I think uh, he's supposed to be evil. And I think that God would probably realize that. And so he had to turn to Satan to get this uh, But is curse. this a subversion, right? Is this Dick Donner? This is why he took the movie to take a swipe at the church. Exactly. I mean, this you know this I mean? movie has a lot of undertones of that. Yeah, for sure. The church is definitely the bad guy in this movie. But it's medieval France, so, or Italy. Right, I don't the, even pow- know the power of this movie, not only is this man obsessed, lusting over Michelle Pfeiffer, but willing to crush her for this, He's keeping a slave army that he wants to keep under his belt, right? So everyone's living like shit while he's living in his fancy-ass white robes and having guys kiss his ring. Yeah. he's obvi- Like, the church is obviously the bad guy of this movie. As it was in real life, yeah. So maybe God is the one who cursed, man. Well, maybe God is the curser. Hmm. Crom would on, never it, curse. It depends on what you think. It, it, were human beings responsible for the church, or was God responsible for the church? I don't know. That's the age-old question, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. To me, God is a weapon. God is the first weapon of mass destruction. Of course. <laughs> um, on a, on, dude, on a separate note, All I right, want... All right, now, serious pod. On All a, right, let's discuss religion and politics now. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to uh, tell you the the other working title for this movie was Der Tag des Falcon, which I thought would be a cooler title because... Wait, it's... what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> It's uh, it's a German phrase, I believe, or Belgish. Or is Belgish a thing? Belgis, I, I don't know a lot, but I am assuming Belgish is not a thing. But I think it means the, I think it means the day of the Falcon. And I was like, that's a much more on point. Well, I guess Lady Hawk is on point. If they had spelled Lady Hawk right, I think I would like. And that. also, are Falcons and Hawks the same thing? I'm kind of confused. What you just gave me shit about falconeering? Well, yeah, until I read this title, and I was like, are they? Well, why would there be two words? Why would there be Falcons and Hawks? What's the difference then? I mean, fuck if I know. I'm not a falconeer, <laughs> but why would they have two words for it? I don't. Know. Either way, is the day. Why of the are they Falcon. the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Hawks? They do Holy have that. Holy shit! Do you think they're the same thing? The municipality of Atlanta knew that. They're the same players too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like, we are in a symbiotic relationship here. <laughs> but anyway, screw the Catholic Church. They were evil. Um. Yeah. Serious pod. <laughs> Serious. XM radio. <laughs> um, okay. This is uh, the point of the movie where we get a really cool cameo. Alfred Molina brought See, in as I the, missed the him, hideous yeah. wolf trapper. Oh, that was him. Okay, he's the wolf hunter. All right, so here, I got to Google on it. Falcons are smaller birds than hawks, which are generally larger, but with shorter wings compared to falcons. Falcons have a notch on their beaks while hawks have a simple curve on their beak. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Falcons grab hawks, uh, grab prey with their beaks. Hawks use their talons on their feet to kill. There you go. They're so totally Atlanta, different. you blew it. You blew it, Atlanta. Yeah. Not just 28 to 3. Sports pod. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we get Alfred Molina as the unshowered wolf trapper. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, what a great little cameo, man. This is the cool scene, and he has a great death, right? This is where he finds Broderick and Rutger Hauer's and uh, Lady Hawk's little hideout barn. They're hiding at a wedding. Yep. And presumably, Matthew Broderick's kind of, he's lying back and forth to them, trying to 
pump up the the love between the two, which is very weird. He's I was waiting for Cupid, someone yeah. to call his bullshit on him. Yeah. Um, but Molina finds him and he recognizes the name Isabu. Right? Mm. What a weird. So he's like, I've heard that name. That's the Lady Hawk. Yeah. Yeah. So he tricks them out into the woods, right? Or essentially, she tracks him down because she knows he's going after the wolf. He actually catches a wolf. And as he's pulling it apart, we see Navir's wolf or another black wolf. And Lady Hawk fucking kicks his ass into his own wolf trap. Snap! Oh, yeah. Closes on his fucking head and he <laughs> dies. Such a fucking awesome death. I'm one of those guys. I always love to hear stories about hunters who are murdered by the animals they're hunting. <laughs> I know you're very anti-animal. You kind of hate animals. Yeah, I, I cherish the hunters. <laughs> but see like i just read like yeah there were poachers in africa they got killed by lions i was like yeah good fuck you man well i, 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 I want to get into that but i go by gangster rap rules don't start no shit won't be no shit true you don't go fucking walking in on the lions with guns and then i feel bad for you when well you they die. they weren't hunting that makes lions. you a bad hunter right those guys, those guys weren't hunting brain. lions though but regardless deadliest catch indeed <laughs> or deadliest game whatever that movie <laughs> I, I prefer surviving the game with, with ice cube ice yeah tea. <laughs> or ice tea no ice tea yeah ice cube that would never survive the shit uh yeah i don't know man but yeah molina has this great little cameo and the death is fucking awesome the idea of a hunter being mauled by his own fucking trap right having to suffer the fate of the animals yeah. he torments dude he was a big man or he is a big man i should say he's not dead well it's because he was standing next to matthew broderick that's true <laughs> We all look like huge men when compared to Matthew Broderick. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> he just looked big. Uh, here's a funny throwaway line that I laughed a lot at. When Rutger Hauer is talking about uh, the curse, right? Mm-hmm. And he's, he tells Matthew Broderick in the weird – this goes back to my, my theory that he's a sexual deviant who was cursed by God. As he goes, wolves and hawks mate for life. Did you know that? And he goes, God didn't even, or the bishop didn't even leave us that. And I was like, this, these animals are definitely trying to fuck the human counterparts. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck does that have to do? Well, I don't think it, hawks and Because here's the thing. Either mates. he's saying that now they can't mate when they're in their animal human forms, bestiality-wise, or he's saying that he's really mad that for the last two years he hasn't been out fucking pounding wolf tail. Or hawk tail. <laughs> Yeah, or other hawktail because he's he's mated for life by his new genetic curse. Very, very strange thing to bitch about for old Rutger. Well, it's a different time, dude. It's a different time. It's a different time. <laughs> it's such a – but that's what I mean. For two years, you've been on a quest, right, waiting for a sign for God. You're on this, this quest of love. And yep. that's what's on your mind? That's well, I mean, a pure quest, dude. Were they even no, on a this quest? Is, this is the witch, dude. This is Black Phillip. Do you want to live deliciously? Wait, what? Rucker Howard <laughs> wants to be out in the woods living deliciously, dude. I mean, I'd much rather be a wolf. I don't know. But would you rather be a monogamous wolf or a, a tail-pounding wolf, knowing that Lady Hawk's probably over there sobbing back in her tent? Like, where is he tonight? I don't know. Well, the 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 cruelest trick of all was that they didn't know what they were doing when they were animals. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they they stated that they so don't have the, any. What the fuck? Then he could have been mating. That's why he attacked Mouse. Like he didn't know what he was doing. See, I thought he didn't attack Mouse. I thought he was attacking the dirty guy with the axe who was no, trying to kill Mouse. You, there's a scene where the wolf is crossing a lake and it falls into the lake. Oh, see, I thought he was just scratching him because he was freaked out. You think he was actually going after Mouse? Well, I mean, 
he didn't have any control over what he was doing. Is what Matthew was. Broderick could have fit in the wolf's mouth in one gulp. I don't know if I buy that. And it would have been warm in there. <laughs> yeah, this actually, <clears throat> that's actually a cool scene. I like that part. Yeah. Is this one of the best scenes in the movie? Is they have a moment where the, the mountain is kind of blocking the sun, right? So it's just light enough that, but not day yet. Where they both are brought back to their human forms, and for one minute, Rutger Hauer looks over and can see Michelle Pfeiffer, and they almost she touch. transforms into almost fucking. Touch. They almost touch him, and he just comes out of that shallow hole. <laughs> it's like half howling, half screaming. Yeah. My girlfriend but walked like, in the room at that moment, and she's like, "What the fuck are you watching?" Because <laughs> it just zooms in like, on the hawk's eyes, and it goes yeah, from like Michelle Pfeiffer's story, eyes, <laughs> turns into a hawk, and she's like, "What is this?" Oh, I thought that was like an actually very touching and sweet moment. Dude, there were a bunch of heartstring tugs with like, I feel like the relationship between Michelle Pfeiffer and the mouse was interesting. Like, See, I, I feel like he's trying to slip it in, dude. I don't that's what I thought. He kind of liked her. And then Navarre started. Because well, he even says, Navarre's like, kind of like, I might kill you. He's like, I've had fantasies, man. Can't blame <laughs> me for fantasies. I can't control <laughs> what I think. <laughs> it's freaking Michelle Pfeiffer. Would you Pfeiffer. watch the movie if maybe during like, lunchtime he turns into a mouse for just like whenever they're eating meals they should all change i think yeah everyone right? in the movie should change <laughs> and then the alcoholic priest can turn into like a huge bear <laughs> that would be awesome yeah yeah man why not like why name the character mouse and he's the only one who doesn't get a change he's the only one with an animal name so actually on go that all the way what's that go all the way i said go all the way with it yeah dude on that on that note though that you know this movie was sued warner brothers was sued for this movie for what because they they claimed that this was based on a true story. <laughs> <laughs> I shit you not. Uh, someone sued and said that this was never part of medieval folklore. They just made this up, and they won the suit. So, <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, they had claimed that this movie was a true story based on medieval folklore in France or someplace, and a med- medieval historian came out and was like yeah there's never been any record of this being a true story or like an actual myth they're like you guys just made this up and you can't claim that in your advertising and they got they claimed it was based on a true story yeah well based on a true like myth uh uh of like european mythology and no one had ever heard of this because i was trying to look it up and i was like is this actually what were the damages for this i i I there's like one folklore historian who's just rich as now He's like, you ruined my whole suspension of disbelief, man. He's like, I, I looked for this forever. Uh, yeah, Holy I don't know. shit. I just thought that was interesting, like, old Hollywood shit. Frivolous legality yeah. at its peak right there. <laughs> I, I wish we lived in a world where a judge would have been like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, they're like, who just cares? shut that shit down. Like, shut the fuck up. Oh, I'm sorry that you, you didn't think that it, the hawk and Lady Wolf and all that was realistic <laughs> enough. Um, That's okay, not how so it really we happened. Get, we, we're, yeah, now we're at the big-ass showdown. This is where the priest keeps telling him, I've seen from God, who we now know is real in this world, you cannot kill the bishop. And Rutger Hauer goes, fuck you, I'll kill the bishop. Yeah, Rutger Hauer <laughs> goes insane for some reason. Yeah, he's so fucking bloodthirsty. And then, <clears throat> kind of crazy, not only will he just refuse to follow the plan, which I'm like, what do you have to lose, Right. If you confess to him and it doesn't get better, then murder him. Like, just follow the fucking plan, Rutger. Infuriatingly stubborn. He, then he asked the priest, he's like, hey, if you hear those bells, that means I failed. Kill Lady Hawk. Yeah, for some reason. I was like, what? Why? Because well, he's saying if the bishop actually is able to catch her then, right? Because he's not able to 
protect her. Or maybe when he dies, the curse is broken and she'll just become a normal lady again and can't fly away. That oh. living with him will be more torturous. I, right? The way I saw it was he was like, without me, her life is meaningless. Kill her. That's what I got from it. Ridiculous. I know. He's like, what an asshole, dude. I used to, I used to like. It's you. definitely a, a series of dickheaded moves, but then it leads to a very super badass fight scene. Yeah. With, Again, we have Mouse climbing into the church and stabbing feet, so he can go open the door. He goes back in the same way, and I don't know how he did it because he comes up right in the middle of a whole crowd of people and nobody sees him. Well, that's the part, right? Because he had already come up in that place before and then went down. Yeah. But yeah, he he's stabbing someone in the foot and they I just know. move. They're like rats. They must be rats. <laughs> It must be rats. <laughs> uh, so but then, yeah, Rutger Howard and his big horse, boom, fucking smashed oh, down the door. That scene was awesome because they're about to get the mouse, and the mouse is trying to unlock the door, and the guards are coming towards him. He's like, no, no. And then all of a sudden he hears the horse on the other side, and he's like, shit. And the door just and flies then, open. But not only that, they fucking kick the door down. Matthew Broderick, the size of Elf on a Shelf, yeah. rides <laughs> the door to safety. Yeah, he does. As Rutger Howard comes in and just, then we kind of devolve into this just long brutal fucking fighting awesome this is something i liked right is that it actually felt like what fighting then would probably no that's what i I put that as one of my notes that it seemed very realistic they're all in heavy armor they're all moving slow everyone's just kind of shambling i was like that's probably what it actually seemed like you know yeah it's not graceful it wasn't athletic it's just kind of like fucking brutal right like 200 pound armor yeah yeah man i thought it was cool though it was awesome And, and rutger hauer obviously much much beloved and talented actor, man. He just has this fucking rage on his face. Mm-hmm. And even when you think he's down, man, you know he's going to come. And then there's the great <laughs> moment where the dude fucking throws the helmet at him. Yeah. And busts open the, the stained glass window, crushing the mystique of the church. And mm-hmm. we see the eclipse. And Rutger Hauer realizes his fucking mistake. Yeah, he was crazy As, the whole time. And he, he killed a bellman, but the bell still goes off. And he's confronted with, holy shit, it was true. It was all true, and I may have just caused Lady Hawk's death. He just caused her death. So he resigns uh, himself almost. He's like, fine, then. I'm yeah. going to kill this guy now. Yeah, and then he just turns around. He's like, now everyone is fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill you. And as he stomps to the priest in the background, Lady Hockey appears. It was really, like, I thought that sequence was a great fight. You see the man fighting so hard to save it, thinks he's lost it well, and yeah. broken. And then it's such a lovely moment when he sees her. And then he drops to the knee and they touch finally the long awaited touch. It's really it's it's like a very actually heartwarming scene. I I fucking love the way that whole sequence plays out in the church. And then the eighties music cuts back in. Yeah, and then that said <laughs> Might as well jump. jump. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was cool, man. And then and then we get a great death scene for the fucking uh, oh, kiss dude. the ring dude. Where uh, he just fucking throws the bastard sword and stakes the bishop to the wall because oh, the yeah. bishop has been hiding a spear. He throws it like right? a spear, yeah. Oh, no, he it's has one a spear. One of those yeah, things yeah. they show us early in the movie when the bishop's getting all done up, right? That he has a spear cane. Yeah. And you know, that's the old, I forget what the rule is actually called. It's an old theater rule, right? Like you don't show a shotgun above the fireplace unless that gun is going to be fired sometime during the play. It has to make sense. Yeah. So I kept waiting and I was like, if they fucking kill Rutger Hauer right now, I'm going to be infinitely depressed. <laughs> like so fucking sad. But then no, as he pulls out his weapon, Rutger Hauer spins and fucking stakes his ass to the wall. So awesome. Yeah. Well, he stakes him to the throne, which is even That's more. Right. You yeah. know what I wanted though? The shot I wanted was of the priest blood flowing down into the sword and filling the empty jewel uh, area, right? Yeah. Instead, that's his that's his jewel, right? 
was the blood of this evil man who cursed him. Yeah, his family. That would have been a fucking money shot. Instead, we get the classic 80s where the dude dies, and then he's like, ugh, and then his eyes shut. Somewhere <laughs> somewhere around the like 90s, they realized people die with their eyes open, and I think that's much cooler. Because it what looks if like... You wanted him to like stay eyes open and just like shit his white robes. Exactly. <laughs> lose, lose bodily function. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, hey, that would have been fun to watch too. Because it looked like an uh, actor that was falling asleep or something. I don't know. Yeah, man. I I actually enjoyed this movie. This was not a big hit with the wife or the kid. Uh, <laughs> but to me, it's the fact that you got such talented cast and director kind of making this. It, it plays very Shakespearean and grounded in a way, but it's still a fun fantasy concept. Yeah. And uh, I'm always one. I always loved stories about kind of doomed romance right like two people that are so in love but have these huge obstacles to overcome and i think this one's awesome and it plays out really fun uh the cast is all fucking fantastic the action is good uh probably an f minus for the synthesizer music doesn't give me that classical vibe. <laughs> this movie was actually nominated for sound editing and sound mixing though sure why not it's got hooves and swords that's hard <laughs> How does one capture the Foley sound for a falcon landing on a boner? I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess, guess there's no better way to do it. You just have to do, do it. it. Yeah, you just have to do you it. You just man. stand outside with one of those audio dishes under your nuts. Does it actually make it? Does it make any noise, though? That's the question. Or is if it just, a falcon lands on my boner and no one is there to hear it, does yeah. it make a sound? Is it just a gentle breeze? Philosophy pod. No, man. I, I thought it was fun. It, yeah. it was... It, it reminds me of one of those lost gems. Like this is a movie that is right up my alley and I just never even heard of. It's, it's kind of sad that for as much good as this movie presents, that it's just kind of lost. Like I actually couldn't believe I found it on Filmstruck. Yeah. Which I was like, wow, the fact that this movie slipped in amongst some really good uh, curations of movies, that's pretty cool, man. I hope a new audience will find it. I dug it. Well, it's one of those movies. Like when you talk about 80s movies, you think of Willow, you think of uh... – right. You think of Crawl, you think of Lady Hawk, you think of uh, Star Wars, obviously, but it's all that same. Like, there was an there was a time where we just wanted fantasy, basically. Yeah, I you think know? the possibly the reason this one gets forgotten is because it's so much more grounded. Yeah, like there aren't a lot of fantasies where our actual real world church is kind of the Saruman. You know exactly, what I mean? Yeah. Or Sauron, it is. That's weird. They should have had two different names. I never liked that about the movie. <laughs> It is, but weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very grounded, right? It feels kind of real, and then we realize when Rutger Hauer is not going to put on that dress, there is this high concept fantasy uh, plot device. Yeah, it seems like a real myth, even though it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know, man. I dug it. I thought it was cool. I liked both of your movies, and I had never seen either of them, so that was really a treat. I I dug it, man. You awesome. did great. I'm glad you liked them. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for joining the pod, Sam. We appreciate it. Hopefully, you'll come back with two more uh, sometime soon. Yeah, for sure. There was actually a movie I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, oh, yeah. we uh, Looking over Liam Neeson's movies, you know, talking about Crawl, I wouldn't mind doing Excalibur. Because I didn't realize... No shit. I didn't realize he you was... You know what? He, Another movie I've never seen. And he's in that movie. And that was like one of the original low-budge medieval fantasy movies that just took over the world, basically. <laughs> You know. All right, we'll we'll get Dandino to come back, but the only way we'll let you come back and do Excalibur is if we do The Gray as well. Okay. The second best Liam Neeson movie no. where he just fights wolves. <laughs> what, is Taken the best one then? 
Huh? Is Taken the best? No, Kroll is the best. Oh, Kroll is the best. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. (laughs) All right, man. (laughs) Or maybe, maybe, what's that one that my wife always loves? About love? Is that the one you have to uh, watch every Christmas? No, you're thinking of Love Actually, I think. Love Actually. Yeah. One of those Britishy movies, ensemble love things. Misogynistic movie. You can come back. You find something to pair with Excalibur, and you can come back anytime, brother. All right, man. Sounds good. We'll try to get Alex to join the fun next time. He was sad to miss this one. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. As always, thank you to Sam for joining. Uh, This is a double feature, man. Watch them together. Get a buddy. Have some fantasy fun, and then share the show with them. Take a moment, if you will, to subscribe, rate, uh, write a review for the pod on wherever you find this show. That helps us out enormously. Um, And thanks, guys. More than anything, just thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. We're still young here on this show, uh, but we're feeling the love, and we thank you so much. I'll turn into a hawk for you guys any day. Only if you wear a dress, though.